0: Amen. Grab a seat. Grab a seat. Grab a seat and open up to Matthew 11, if you can believe it. Matthew chapter 11. Matthew chapter 11, uh, 28 through 30. Landon, can you just stand right there for just a second? Everybody look at Landon and say, hey, Landon. No, no, no. Everybody look at Landon and say, hey, Landon. Landon has Bibles over there. If you need one, just slip your hand up real quick. Slip your hand up and Landon will hand you one. A couple over here, a couple over here. And again, if you don't have a Bible, that is our gift to you. Um, And if you have a friend that you think might need a Bible, then we will, then please take it. Please take it and give it to um, that friend, okay? Um, Okay. So. Night 3, this is our last night together to learn through this text, and so I'm super excited for it. But before we get into Matthew 11, um, and you don't have to turn there, but listen, Jeremiah chapter 20, verse 9 says this. Jeremiah says this, But if I say, I will not remember God, nor talk about God anymore in His name, then in my heart it turns to a burning fire Closed up in my bones, and I am tired of holding in, and I cannot endure it. Jeremiah is saying, I have to share the Word of God with you guys. I have to tell you what this Bible teaches. It's burning me up, and I have to share it. That is how I feel about this sermon. About eleven o'clock Tuesday night, it it had been cooking for a while, you know, and it had finally just slammed into me. And so Tuesday night, sat up and just started writing till like one a.m. Um, I left Monday night wanting another shot with you guys at Matthew eleven twenty-eight through thirty, and I'm glad that I get it. So let's dig in Matthew eleven twenty-eight through thirty. Um, Matthew eleven twenty eight through thirty. It might be on the board. Yes, it is. Can we give it up also for Miss Kendra in front of those slides? Like a dream, she's a dream. Matthew eleven twenty eight through thirty. Jesus Christ says this: Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. Can we go back to 28, ma'am? Eleven twenty-eight. All right. Jesus Christ starts. if If you can highlight on your phone, if you can highlight in your Bible, Jesus says, come to me. Come to me. And we just breeze right over that. We just skip right over where Jesus says, come to me. But I want you to listen. So everyone just kind of stop for a second and look up at me real quick, and then you can tune back out. Jesus says, come to me. Come to me. When he says that, come to me. Those three words. When Jesus tells you to come to him, when he invites you to come to him, Jesus gives us the solution to every problem in the history of the world. When Jesus tells you, come to me. Come to Him. He gives us the solution to every problem in the history of the world. Now, if you're not questioning that statement, I don't know that you're listening to me. And if you're not celebrating that statement, I don't know if you're listening to me. The Templeton Prize is given every year to a scientist who uses science to explore the deepest questions of the universe. Okay? No pressure. A scientist who uses science to explore the deepest questions of the universe. Here's a summary of the award on the website. It's given to those who harness the power of science to explore the deepest questions of the universe. These dudes and ladies are smart, okay? They are very intelligent. The deepest questions of the universe. In 1983, a Russian citizen won the award. The Soviet Union was killing itself under the weight of communism. Death was everywhere. Crime was everywhere. Starvation was everywhere. And his goal, remember, is to solve the deepest questions of the universe. When a man charged with answering the deepest questions of the universe looked around his country and saw crime, starvation, and death, how does he answer that? How does he figure this out? You're like, you don't have to believe me. This is the scientist charged with answering the deepest questions of the universe. He receives the award and he opens his speech to the crowd by saying this. Men have forgotten God, that is why all of this has happened. Men have forgotten God. This is why all of this has happened. A scientist charged with answering life's toughest questions looked at a country that was literally wasting away, and he said, this wouldn't have happened if we hadn't forgotten God. Come to me. Jesus knows what he's talking about. The answer to all of life's questions. The answer is Jesus. Matthew eleven twenty eight, 28. Come to me. What's that next word? One, two, three. Come to me. No, 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 no. Everybody together. Come to me. All. All who are weary. Listen. All Buddhists who are weary can come to Jesus. All atheists who are weary can come to Jesus. All people, maybe some of you, I don't know, all people who don't care about Jesus can come to Jesus. And I'm not saying Buddhism's the answer, it's not. I'm not saying atheism is the answer, it's not. But atheists, Buddhists, and good church kids like you and me all have the same problem. Atheists, Buddhists, and good church kids like me all have the same problem. We are all weary and heavy laden. We are weighed down. We are holding more than we are able to. Come to me all who labor and are heavy laden. We're tired. And we've got these things in life weighing on us. Life is just hard. And we, you and me, we're sinful. But what happens when we take those things to Jesus? And I will give you rest. Notice, now look, this is important. Notice, Jesus doesn't say here that you will get rest. But that is what happens. Come to me and you'll get rest. But he doesn't say that. He says, I will give you rest. Jesus goes out of his way to say, I will give you this. Now you're getting it. So what is he doing? He's taking the focus off of you and me, and he's putting it on him. The focus of this verse is not you getting the rest. It's on him giving it to you. The answer to all your questions... Listen, the answer to all your questions... This is why this is so important. Because the answer to all your questions is not you getting rest. The answer to all your questions is the God who gives the rest to you. And that's the point. See, what Jesus is doing here is not trying to like trick you with wordplay. He's trying to switch your life. All our lives are about getting. What can I get? What would this do for me? We build our lives on job, house, car, spouse, Oh, bars, a little rhyme. Money, comfort, fame, likes, posts. And we think this is the greatest thing ever. It's all about us getting. I heard a quote one time, nothing confuses angels like a man obsessed with himself. Nothing confuses angels who get to dwell in the presence of God like looking at a person who's really feeling themselves. and think, And they think, Why? Look at what you could have. Why does he care so much about himself? Like a kid playing in the dirt when an oceanside vacation is waiting. We obsess over ourselves and getting when the God who is giving is just a prayer away. How far is God from you ever? One prayer Away. Building our life on God's will, building our life on His love, that's better than anything the world has to offer. And let me show you, because it's one thing to be like, it's better than anything the world has to offer. Really? I've been on a jet ski. Jet skis are pretty awesome. So it's better than anything the world has to offer. Uh, Kristen and I are in the process of buying our first house in Calhoun, okay? So we're buying our house. It's going to be a build. Thank you, Jacob. We're, we're building. We're super excited. Um, and it's going to be good, but nobody tells you that when you buy a house, you literally get emails every day with new forms to sign. And you're signing to let all these tax people in your business, which is like, like over and over and over, literally every day... Uh, no, I guess you can relate. Nice. I love it. Um, nobody, and, and, and to kind of go a little deeper, no, nobody warned Kristen and I about the arguments that we would get into about which house to choose and cost versus aesthetic and carpet and, and hardwood, and I'm getting, like, the tremor, just thinking, right? Um, and this is a house. Like, you want the house, right? Like, everybody wants the house. Like Like, when I was a kid, all the, like, cool videos with, like, all the, like, Music artists, like it was always in some super big mansion and you want the house, but nobody warned us about how hard this house would be. Listen, listen, nobody warned me about what a bad God a house would be. Cars are great. I'm not bragging on the Camry, but cars are awesome, right? Cars are great. You know what's not great? Car payments, okay? Car payments are not awesome, And it's like, oh, my car's paid off. Well, that's cool. You can take that free car and still sit in traffic. Traffic is also not awesome. If you want to know how far along you've gotten with Jesus, how do you handle traffic? That's a good, like, litmus test to see, like, how you're developing as a Christian. How are you, how's your demeanor in video games, and how do you handle traffic, right? Those are two good ones. College. Can't, w- oh, can't wait to get out of here, or can't wait to stay here for the rest of my life. Can't wait to go to college. College is going to be awesome. College is great. You know what's not great? Paying for college. College is tough, okay? Student loans, they just, they just stick with you. They're just with you forever. Gum on your shoes. Student loans are always there. Um, and I'll give, I'm not trying to doom and gloom, just don't worry. Um, marriage, okay? I've been married for three years now. So, which is code for I still know nothing about marriage. Um, marriage is great, but I've only been married for three years, and I can already tell you one of those things that I've learned is that marriage can be very, very hard. You have two people who have been raised to totally different ways their entire lives coming together, oh, and they're both sinful, and now you got to do life together, right? That's really, really hard. And I think a lot of the reason marriages have trouble is because you think it's going to be this Instagram deal And real life is not like that, right? Marriage is hard. Listen, marriage, house, car, college, these things are all gifts from God. They're all gifts. They're all awesome. They're all gifts from God. But listen, that's just it. They're gifts, not God's. And the reason I know that, the reason I know that they're not God's is not just because preacher says so, but because when you try to make them God's, they take from you. There's no peace when you try to lean on them. They drain you. There is only one God who gives, which is Jesus. Come to me and I will give you rest. What rest? Can we go to verse 29? 11 29. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest. Now he, he explains it a little more. And you will find rest, uh, what's this last word, for your, for your souls. Now let's back up. I said the solution to all the world's problems. Jesus' focus, and this is so important, Jesus' Jesus's focus is on your soul. This youth group's focus is on your soul. Our main point is your soul. Now, you said Jesus could solve everything. Well, he's just focusing on the soul. That's a cop-out. Like Jesus said, well, I never said I'd heal your body. I never said I'd heal your body. I just said I'd heal your soul. What a cop-out, right? He's kind of cheating there, right? Watch. Healing your soul. You will have rest for your soul. What does that mean? Like your ghost, like what are we talking, like what is, you have rest for your soul. The word for soul in the Greek, New Testament's written in Greek, the word for soul is suke. Everybody say that with me, one, two, three. Suke." that is the Greek word for soul. Now you can impress your friends and they'll be like, and then they'll just leave. So the word for soul, one more time, the word for soul is suke. all right? Here's what it means, here's what it means. Here's what they're talking about when they mean soul. And think about rest for this, rest for our feelings, our desires, our affections, the things that we love, and the things that we hate. Soul here, rest for our feelings, our desires, our affections, the things that we love and the things that we hate. It's where we get the word, remember one more time, it is suke. It's where we get the word psyche from. You can hear it, right? Psyche, suke. It's where we get the word psyche from. It's your identity. That's what it means. Your identity. Listen, it also means breath, but not your breath. How did God give Adam life? You remember this? He forms him out of the dirt and then he what? He breathes into him his breath. Listen, The soul, your identity, your affections, your desires, the soul is what's left when God breathes life into a person. Your identity, who you are, your suke, who you are, is from the breath of God. It's from God. Who you are, the way you tick, that's from God. So the only way you'll find peace in your identity is when you give it back to God. When you come to me. Your soul is from God. So the only way you're going to get rest for your soul is by going to God. Come to me and I will give you rest for your soul. You will only find peace in God. Let me show you why this is important. If you get cancer... Your worldly identity is now cancer patient. Okay? But if you go to Jesus, he will give you rest for your soul. Your body may still be sick, but in your soul, at the deepest, most important level of who you are, you won't have cancer. You'll spend an eternity away from cancer. Flip it the other way. Let's say you get a job that makes you a billionaire. Okay? Jeff Bezos level money, right? Why do you guys always tune back in when I talk about you being a billionaire? Um, Jeff Bezos level money. The world, now remember, the world when you got cancer sees you, sees you as a cancer patient. That's your identity. But when you become a billionaire, the world sees you as a huge success. Your worldly identity, your worldly suke will be as a huge success. But what about your soul? Michael Jordan is worth $1.6 billion. He is also one of the saddest, most bitter men on the planet. Steve Jobs, Apple Computers, his net worth was $7 billion. And then he died in 2011 at the age of 56. How much money does Steve Jobs get to spend now? What is his identity now? Um, Noah, can you come up here for just a second and help me? Let's give it up for Noah real quick. (laughs) Doing a great job, Noah. Noah, can you just kind of unfurl this as best we can? I don't know, we're gonna give it a shot here. Yep, perfect. This is a 50 foot HDMI cable, okay? 50 foot HDMI cable. Noah, just take it to the wall, and that's good. This, is a, this, ca- this HDMI cable is 50 feet long, all right? 50 feet long. But just pretend that it goes on forever, okay? Now, 50 feet is still a pretty big deal. But just pretend that this goes on forever. You're good, Noah. Thanks, buddy. Can we thank Noah for his amazing help? My lovely assistant. All right, here we go. This HDMI cable is 50 feet long. But I want you to pretend, okay, that it goes on forever, wraps around the world, just continues to go on for eternity, okay? This HDMI cable represents your existence, okay? It goes on forever. You will live forever. It's just a question of where, okay? It goes on forever. And this little blue part right here goes on forever. This little blue part right here is your life on earth, okay? Okay? What blows me away is that so many of us, all we think about is this blue part. Got to work really hard. Got to get into the right college. Got to skip church so I can keep getting better, so I can go D1. Obviously, I'll go D1. Got to get all the classes I can get. Got to get the good job. Got to work real hard so that I can retire and really enjoy this part right here. Really got to be sure I get this in. When all this is left, we are determined to get our identity here, right here. So i got to work hard and get the good job and really enjoy this part right... I'm going to stress out my whole life so that I can really enjoy right here. And we totally forget everything that's left Christians are, are crazy. Christians don't get it. You're, you're giving your money away. You're spending your Wednesdays or your Sundays at a church to learn from a book. Seri- like, what are, what are books even? A book? Really? You know the PS5 is out, right? A book? Are you kidding me? By the way, like, in your life, the PS5 came out like here. The 6 will come out like here. And then it'll be over, okay? Um, your identity, our identity is in the world. You've got this. If you put your identity in the house, in the person that you marry, in the job, in the car, in the accomplishments, you'll get this. But then what happens with this? But if you find rest in your soul, in Jesus, if you characterize your life based on Jesus' love for you. Not what the world says, not on when you get sick, not on how much money you have or how little money you have, but when you put your value in Jesus, when you build your life on His love for you, you'll get this, but then you get eternity, Afterwards, you have rest now in your youth, in your body, in your home, in the job. You'll get, you'll, you'll get your rest for now. But what about here? When Jesus says you will find rest for your soul, he's not trying to, to, to juke you. Jesus juke you, right? He's trying to, listen, listen. When he says, I will give you rest for your soul, he's saying, look, man, I get how short the blue part is. And I'm trying to give you this. I'm trying to give you eternity. When Jesus says, you'll find rest for your soul, he knows how short the blue part is. Jesus wants to save your soul. What a cop-out. No, are you kidding me? Rest now. Identity in the world now. Rest for your soul. Mankind's biggest problem is that they have forgotten God. We have forgotten the God who gives rest and who still invites us Jesus saying you will find rest for your soul is Jesus' way of saying, I'm going to give you the peace that you really need. I'm going to answer the questions you're really asking. I will give you an identity, not as a cancer patient, not as a billionaire, but as his child, as God's child and God's friend. Will you build your life on His love? Will you build your life on how He feels about you? And that's the thing, that's the thing, that's the thing. Okay, I've got to work harder to build my life on His love. That's a good sentence, but you've got to realize how much He cares about you. Jesus loves you. And I know that's like the most said phrase in church, but it should be. Jesus loves you. And, he's, and, and here's how I know He loves you. Here's how I know He loves you. Not you like preacher says He loves you. Here's how I know He loves you. He's got you here. To read about how He's angry and frustrated with you? No. To read about how He is gentle and lowly in heart. He wants to give you rest. Not just here, but for eternity. For your soul. Let's pray together.